For over 45 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green will give you the kind of person-to-person help and attention that mass-market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Don't forget to tune in every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Next week, my wonderful co-host will be here. She will be discussing, talking about pre-diabetes and diabetes with the use of certain types of medical foods. And today, we're going to be discussing aspects related to diabetes as well. We are incredibly lucky to have an amazing special guest in studio with us today, sharing a huge amount of clinical research and information, clinical experience regarding the treatment of diabetes and epilepsy using a ketogenic diet that he has developed and studying in his clinic with patients. So today we're going to have a really interesting discussion. It's going to be a fantastic show. My guest is Dr. Pavel Klein. Before he founded the Mid-Atlantic Epilepsy and Sleep Center, Dr. Klein was an instructor in neurology at Harvard Medical School from 1996 to 1999 and director of the epilepsy program of the Clinical Neurophysiology Laboratory and of the Neuroendocrine Unit at the Georgetown University Hospital. Dr. Klein is currently adjunct associate professor of neurology at George Washington University. Dr. Klein's clinical research includes novel treatments of epilepsy, dietary treatments of epilepsy in adults, prevention of epilepsy after traumatic brain injury, the effect of sex and stress hormones on epilepsy, and women with epilepsy. He has received grants from the National Institutes of Health and from the American Epilepsy Society. Dr. Klein has published more than 30 peer-reviewed articles and contributed chapters to several books on epilepsy. He acts as a reviewer for a number of neurological, epilepsy, and endocrinological journals. He is a member of the American Epilepsy Society Scientific Program Committee, Treatment Committee, the Health Reform Task Force, and the co-chair of the AES Private Practice Specialty Interest Group. His presentation on treatment of refractory epilepsy was ranked in the top 10% of all research presentations at the 2010 annual meeting of the American Epilepsy Society. Dr. Klein, you have quite a impressive bio and background related to your work in this field. So thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me on the program. It's a great privilege. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. And your clinic is located right here in Bethesda, Maryland, correct? The Mid-Atlantic Epilepsy Institute? That is correct. It's uh, on Rockledge Drive. Uh, so uh, I I was very impressed when you were reading the bio. <laughs> <laughs> and I was impressed by the fact that there's one thing that was missing on the bio, uh, which is the topic of today's conversation, namely diabetes. Yes. Uh, so perhaps uh, if I may help... Say, tell how I got into diabetes. I'm a neurologist mm-hmm. specializing in epilepsy and sleep disorders. Uh, one form of treatment of very refractory epilepsy, that's to say epilepsy that does not respond to medications, mm-hmm. uh, is dietary treatment. And it is ketogenic diet, which consists of very high fat, uh, very low carbohydrates. And it has been used by, for treatment of refractory epilepsy of mainly children mm-hmm. since the beginning of the 20th century. Uh, the diet is very rigorously prescribed, uh, and uh, you have to have a certain number of percentage of fat uh, in relation to percentage of carbohydrates and uh, and protein, and only a certain amount of carbohydrates per day. So the usual ratio by weight of fat 
to combination of protein and carbohydrates is either 3 to 1 or 4 to 1. Uh, that results in 87 or 90% of the calories being derived from fat mm-hmm. and 20 grams of carbo- carbohydrates per day, no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that diet is both unappetizing and very difficult to do because you've got to shop for certain foods. You've mm-hmm. got to have, bear in mind the grams of carbohydrates in mm-hmm. the food, grams of fat. And then when you prepare the meals, you've got to calculate the recipes and then you've got to weigh the food when you make the recipes. Mm-hmm. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you saw that it's, it's not possible to do it in adults because of A, motivation, Compliance, and B, yep. uh, difficulty of doing it. Mm-hmm. So when you have children with epilepsy, their parents are very motivated and they basically tell the children what they can yep. and cannot eat. Furthermore, it is the children who are affected by epilepsy, which often affects uh, cognition, mm-hmm. uh, not the parents. So the parents have the smarts and the motivation to do it. With adults, oftentimes both these things lack. Mm-hmm. So but I still thought that it was worthwhile to do it, and mm-hmm. I set up a program for uh, ketogenic diet in epilepsy f- with adults. So we set up that program in 2007, and it went pretty well. Uh, and by happen chance, uh, we had patients who had both obesity uh, and epilepsy, and they lost weight magically. And then we had one patient who had both epilepsy and diabetes, mm-hmm. and that patient went into remission of, the, of, of her diabetes. And I was struck by that uh, and thought about how the, the fact that this could potentially have a very large impact mm-hmm. uh, and thought how it could be made both more simpler and more palatable to be applicable on a large scale to maybe address diabetes. <laughs> so I set up a company that designed recipes that are very tasty uh, and set up a program that delivers the ketogenic diet as complete meal replacement. So patients don't have to figure it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get the meals delivered. Uh, the meals are good. They're cooked. Uh, and the patients just eat the meals and that's it. Mm-hmm. So in the original study with patients with epilepsy, we looked at body weight as one of the outcomes also. And the weight loss was pretty, pretty remarkable. Uh, in that study, the weight loss was uh, uh, reduction of the body mass index, which is a standard way of measuring uh, weight, uh, of 18%. And third of the patients had uh, 25% uh, BMI loss. Uh, so very, very mm-hmm. uh, remarkable and really unlike anything else that you can get with drugs, mm-hmm. anything other than the bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. So I then set up this company, Anemone, uh, and we did a study, small study with patients with diabetes, this time not with epilepsy. I also have a sleep center, and the commonest problem uh, for sleep center uh, is patients with sleep apnea. Sleep apnea yeah. And a large proportion of patients with sleep apnea also have obesity yeah. and diabetes. So uh, those patients... Uh, have a hard time losing weight, and uh, they were willing to take part in this study. So we did a small study in patients with just diabetes, not epilepsy, and obesity, and found, number one, that the weight loss was the same as uh, in the patients with epilepsy, and number two, that the response of diabetes was dramatic. Mm. Patients went into remission, uh, and they went into remission early, uh, but for the if, if those patients discontinued the diet, as some of them did before logistical reasons, they had to pick up the mm-hmm. food in my office, and it's difficult to, to get there uh, regularly. Uh, they did not stay in the remission. But if mm-hmm. they completed the study, and the study was nine months long, 
they uh, had sustained remission of diabetes. So, and by remission, I mean the following. I mean, normalization of glucose control, glycemic parameters in blood, such as fasting glucose, mm-hmm. fasting insulin level, and the HbA1c uh, marker, uh, and discontinuing all medications. And that occurred in both patients who were on tablet medications for diabetes mm-hmm. and in patients who were on insulin as well as tablets. Hmm. Wow, those are impressive results. Can we back up and discuss a little bit so people can have some framework? Um, <clears throat> the ketogenic diet, what does that mean? And and I know that our focus of our conversation is going to be primarily on diabetes, and I think people understand more so of a connection between how what you eat may affect blood sugar. I think less so around how what you eat may affect your brain chemistry in relation to epilepsy. And while we won't spend a ton of time on it, because you're such an expert, I think it would be interesting to share a little bit, especially as you help us understand what is a ketogenic diet, what are ketones, and why are they even beneficial for our brain? How do they help normalize brain signaling and epilepsy and and even in other things like body mass index? Well, that's a very interesting question. So ketogenic diet... Uh, the word is derived from ketones. Mm-hmm. Ketones are small fragments uh, and products of metabolism of fatty acids. Mm-hmm. So the ketogenic diet is very high fat content. Mm-hmm. When you ingest it, the fat gets into the bloodstream and then gets into the liver. Uh, the fatty acids, which make up fat, mm-hmm. get oxidized in the liver, uh, broken down into small fragments, and the smallest fragments are the ketone bodies. Those are uh, fragments of three or four or five carbons Mm -hmm. that are produced from the fatty acids in the liver. They then go back out into the bloodstream and then enter the end organs like muscle or brain. Uh, And they are used as a source of energy. Uh, We we can use two sources of energy uh, by the cells. So uh, for us to do anything, whether to think or whether to contract a muscle, the cell has to develop energy. It does so by taking the nutrient and breaking down in a part of the cell called mitochondrion, mm-hmm. like a furnace, to generate molecules that are the energy source of molecules called ATP. Uh, there are two ways this can be done. It can be done with glucose or it can be done with the ketone bodies. Uh, when, mammals are made in such a way that when we have excess food, we store it as fat. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is when that food supply runs out, we don't die immediately, but we can utilize our own stored source of fat. So uh, in the days of the mammoth, you'd kill the mammoth and you'd feast and, uh, and uh, lay, lay down the oversupply of energy mm-hmm. as fat. And then for three or four or five weeks, there was no, no more mammoths and you lived off that fat. Mm-hmm. And the metabolism is different from uh, when you ingest the food from when you use, uh, use it uh, from the stored. body f- uh, mm-hmm. stored fat. Uh, when you ingest the food, it is the glucose-based meta- metabolism uh, for normal diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you use the uh, f- stored fat, it is the ketone bodies. So uh, the history of the ketogenic diet in epilepsy is extremely interesting. Back at the beginning of the 20th century, there was a general practitioner in uh, upstate Michigan who had a young girl with horrible epilepsy, and he just couldn't find a way of treating her. And he thought about it and thought about how people treated epilepsy in the past. And in the Middle Ages, the standard treatment of epilepsy was prayer. And prayer went together with fasting. Mm. So this practitioner fasted this girl and her epilepsy went away. But after three weeks, the parents said, we can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and he then got together with another uh, osteopath who thought about it uh, and thought about what in fasting it was that made the difference and came up with a, an answer that is probably the switch to the metabolism of fat. Mm-hmm. And they then applied it to uh, start treating uh, people with high fat diet. So the ketogenic diet, as I mentioned before, has either 87 or 90% of all calories from fat. Yeah. And that turns the body's metabolism and the energy production from glucose-based to ketone body-based. Mm-hmm. And the uh, way those two are utilized for energy production differs. The ketone b- bodies are more efficient uh, in producing energy at the cell level mm-hmm. than glucose. It is not known how that change in metabolism uh, or how the ketone bodies or lack of glucose affects epilepsy. But there are several hypotheses which are very interesting. And the first one is that it has to do with this change in energy of uh, cell metabolism. So uh, the ketone-based met- metabolism at the cell level is more efficient. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you generate more of these energy molecules called ATP. The ATP molecule is broken down to something called adenosine. Adenosine, ad- adenosine is a molecule that's in- intimately involved in generating sleep, and in stopping seizures. It blocks neuronal activity, uh, it inhibits neuronal mm-hmm. activity. So one possible explanation is this, is this increased amount of adenosine uh, that produces the dampening of neural activity that reduces seizures. Mm-hmm. Uh, another explanation is that the ATP affects ion channels of the membrane in a similar way uh, as to make them less uh, excitable mm-hmm. and less prone to uh, repeated neural activity that is basically seizures. Uh, a third explanation is that as a result of the change of energy metabolism, you have change in the production of neurotransmitters. There are two main neurotransmitters in the brain. One, uh, there's many neurotransmitters, mm-hmm. but two main ones. One is called glutamate, which causes excitation of mm-hmm. neurons, and one is called GABA, which causes inhibition of neurons. And for complicated reasons, with the uh, greater efficiency of energy that goes with ketone body as a source of the solar energy, you have increased production of uh, GABA. Mm. Um, and uh, th- that may also be another factor. There are other explanations, but potential explanations. So ketone bodies, those chemicals themselves, affect the way neurotransmitters are uh, stored and released. And in some ways that we, uh, that, that we don't quite understand, they reduce the amount of glutamate in the neuron that is then released when the cell fires and excites the next cell. Uh, it is also possible that the lack of glucose, the lowering of glucose level, may also have a beneficial effect. Mm. So those are some of the explanations of uh, how it, uh, how ketone bodies act in brain. So it's interesting. Brain. I mean, it's a diet that clinically has been validated in epilepsy since the 1920s, but we're still working to nail down the exact biochemical mechanism of to actually how it does work. That is correct. So yeah. It's fascinating though. So um, we're going to have to take a quick break. When we come back, let's transition the conversation to applying this ketogenic diet to body mass index improvements and weight loss and the reversal of diabetes. So this is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. 
MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MC. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Want to save money on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other health care needs? Then visit Village Green Apothecary during their big summer sale. Now through July 16th, you can save big on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other nutritional products. Save 30% on their popular top quality pathway brand. Save 25% on other supplements. And save 20% on body care products. At Village Green, they have just what you need for a healthier lifestyle. Stop by Village Green Apothecary's big summer sale, 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland, or shop online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., so don't forget to set your dials. Just want to give you a quick reminder, our show is sponsored by the Village Green Apothecary, located right here in Bethesda, Maryland. They're having uh, right now their big summer sale, which is 30% off of Pathway products, 25% off of other supplements, and 20% off of all body care products. Don't forget to stop in to check that out. Today, we have with us in studio Dr. Pavel Klein. Um, He is the director of the Mid-Atlantic Epilepsy and Sleep Center. Um, Dr. Klein has been a professor of neurology at Harvard Medical School. He's been the director of the epilepsy program of the Clinical Neurophysiology Laboratory and Neuroendocrine Unit at Georgetown University Hospital. Um, He's got an amazing career of training and experience in working with epilepsy and diabetes, and he's sharing with us today some of that work. You can learn more about his program by going online to www.anemonelifestyle.com. That's A N E. M-O-N-E, lifestyle.com. So, Dr. Klein, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for for asking me to be here. Sure. It's a great pleasure. So, in the last segment, we were talking about the role of the ketogenic diet in epilepsy. 
And, um, you know, I thought that was really important to explain because not everybody associates dietary changes with the management of that condition. And I don't know, I mean, from your experience, do you find that pretty much all neurologists dealing with epilepsy in adolescents will recommend a ketogenic diet or is it not, is it not standard and only some people are open to it? Because I've seen epilepsy cases where it was not recommended and sometimes it surprises me given the amount of clinical research behind it. So until about 30 years ago, it was not widely used mm-hmm. at all. It is pretty widely used now for children with refractory epilepsy, mm-hmm. but it is very much the case that not everybody will recommend, yeah. recommend it. Uh, it's a tough area because uh, normally when we evaluate treatment for any disease, we compare treatment A with placebo, mm-hmm. no treatment. And that's very difficult to do with dietary uh, treatment. Mm-hmm. So uh, the patients prepare their own diet, mm-hmm. they know what they're eating, or parents of the children, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to have a control arm. So mm-hmm. uh, there have most of the studies that have been published are basically observation case series, mm-hmm. and they don't carry as much weight with uh, scientists and physicians as those controlled randomized placebo-controlled mm-hmm. studies. There have been a couple of controlled studies in ketogenic diet back in uh, in the uh, 2000 decade, uh, one done in England that did a randomized control whereby they had a group of children that they divided into two subgroups, one that was started on the ketogenic diet straight away, and these were children with refractory mm-hmm. epilepsy, and the other one that was started on it four months later, and they co- compared the two uh, mm-hmm. groups of children during the four months and afterwards. And they did indeed show uh, good uh, efficacy. Uh, But that's a handicap that uh, I think prevents wider use of the diet. That's number one. Number Mm -hmm. two, the diet is difficult to do, as I mentioned before, uh, and it is restrictive. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, for children, parents can force it on them, but even then, Mm -hmm. it's a challenge. For adults, imagine yourself Having a diet that doesn't taste much, uh, but it doesn't taste so very well. So mm-hmm. I'll give you a standard uh, standard uh, dish fare of the ketogenic diet 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mayonnaise, salad, bacon. Mm-hmm. Bacon, salad, mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, salad, <laughs> bacon. And it gets old pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and number two, it is complicated to prepare. Yeah. Uh, so that has really restricted its use in it's adults. clinical application, yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about, and I think really interesting stuff, when it comes to using the ketogenic diet, there's this whole history that you explained in relation to epilepsy, but there's also uh, a lot of history related to using the ketogenic diet for diabetes. So let's transition to that conversation because that is obviously a lot more applicable to the general population. We're watching rates of diabetes dramatically increase as obesity in our country increases. And drug therapies are a way of managing it, but of course come with side effects and limitations. So looking at other means to really reverse it without using pharmaceuticals is always something worth investigating. So help us understand some of the background behind using this type of dietary intervention for the management of diabetes. So I'll start by theoretical uh, uh, answer. Uh, diabetes is a disease where glucose has a hard time getting into the cell because mm-hmm. of either lack of insulin or the cell's insensitivity to insulin. Mm-hmm. Uh, lack of insulin happens in type 1 diabetes, when you, which is an autoimmune disease where the body's own immune system attacks the pancreas that produces insulin, so you get less of it produced. Type 2 diabetes, which is the more prevalent diabetes mm-hmm. today, 
uh, is due to insulin resistance, where the cell uh, develops resistance to the insulin action and therefore the glucose can't get in. In either instance, uh, the end result is that glucose cannot get into the uh, cell and therefore the cell is not able to produce energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, back in the middle of 19th century, uh, physicians came up with an answer, which was to use fat rather than uh, glucose mm-hmm. for energy. Uh, and in 1850s and 1860s, there are descriptions of uh, a high-fat diet. Uh, in 1910, round about then, uh, a great endo- uh, endocrinologist physician in the U.S. called Jocelyn uh, also p- promoted it. And it was a standard treatment for diabetes uh, until insulin was discovered uh, because you could supply the energy through mm-hmm. fat, which it did not depend on insulin, mm-hmm. uh, to get the energy source into the cell. When insulin came along, it changed the landscape completely because mm-hmm. it's so much easier mm-hmm. to uh, take insulin than to configure this diet and stay with this restrictive diet. Mm-hmm. So everybody switched to insulin. And then, of course, we had oral uh, hypoglycemic medications yep. developed. And it's, it's as soon as uh, pharmaceutical, pharmacological treatment of uh, diabetes was uh, developed, uh, the diet sort of fell by the, way, by the wayside. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in the 60s, we started emphasizing low-fat diet for uh, mm-hmm. reasons of cardiovascular disease prevention, uh, and the whole nation and the whole Western world went into carb- carbohydrate overdrive. Yep. And that has, I think, uh, re- resulted in the epidemic of obesity and diabetes that mm-hmm. we're facing now. Uh, whereas before, most of diabetes was type 1. Mm-hmm. Now, with many, many more patients with diabetes, uh, the n- number of diabetic patients has gone up exponentially since the uh, 1980s. The vast majority of them are type 2 diabetes. So Absolutely. about 90, 95% of diabetes in the U.S. today is due to type 2 diabetes linked to obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fast forward, uh, and round about... Uh, Late 1990s, early 2000s, people began to, uh, began to be interested in high-fat diet again. Mm-hmm. This goes back to Dr. Atkins, mm-hmm. uh, whose diet, of course, is high-fat. And Dr. Atkins was into uh, weight loss. Uh, and then it was sort of extended uh, a little bit to uh, diabetes. Uh, the ketogenic diet that is used in popular uh, world uh, is a de- derivation of Atkins' diet. Atkins' diet is basically commonsensical re- reduction of carbohydrates. Uh, 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 it has three phases, the initiation, the uh, transition, and the maintenance. During the initiation phase, you reduce carbohydrates to 20 grams uh, per day or less, but that's only for two weeks. Then the transition phase goes up to maybe 50, and then the maintenance phase goes up to maybe 100 grams of carbohydrates mm-hmm. per day. So that's what's, uh, what's meant by ketogenic diet that uh, you'll read about in popular press, other than epilepsy. The diet for epilepsy is different uh, in that uh, with the Atkins diet, you've got roughly 50% of calories supplied uh, by fat. Uh, with the uh, epilepsy designed diet, you've got much higher. Yeah, up to uh, 80%, you said? Up to 90%. 90%. Uh, up to 90%. Uh, so uh, that's sort of the historical mm-hmm. background. Uh, and because of the epidemic of obesity, people are beginning to be interested in how we can approach both obesity and diabetes, which is derived yep. from obesity, by di- or changing the diet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it's an interesting concept because we're talking about we're talking about two things. We're talking about diabetes and blood sugar, and we're also talking about it coexisting oftentimes with obesity. 
correct? That's correct. And people have a lot of misconceptions related to fat because of its association with calories. And many people have a misconception that fat, because it's high calorie, will actually not result in weight loss. And here we're talking about a ketogenic diet that's depending primarily on fat, helping to reverse diabetes by primarily reducing body mass index, affecting weight loss. So help us understand physiologically, break down some of these barriers relating to the old equation of weight loss, calories in versus calories out, and how we can rely upon a potentially higher calorie, higher fat diet to achieve weight loss rather than a low calorie diet, because that's a lot of the these scripted dietary programs that people sign up for, the really popular ones. They're simply about counting calories. People can eat popcorn, they can eat cookies, they can have a little slice of cake, as long as they count their points to keep their calories restricted, which will result in some weight loss. But what you're proposing is a bit of a different approach. So can you help us understand that, Dr. Yes, uh, that's a very good question. So the misconception uh, arises, uh, I think, in part uh, from the following fact. If you've got a gram of fat, you generate nine calories. If you've got a gram of carbohydrates or protein, you generate four calories. So intuitively, mm-hmm. you'd think that fat is more calories, therefore bad for you. Because if you eat uh, 100 grams of fat, uh, you're going to have 900 calories in. And if you eat uh, 100 grams of carbohydrates, you'll have 400 mm-hmm. calories in. Uh, so uh, that's sort of, I think, where that uh, notion uh, comes from. Uh, it turns out that e- this is not the only part of the equation. When you eat fat, you eat less calories. And I think it's for two main reasons. One, fat suppresses appetite. Mm-hmm. Carbohydrate drives it. And you can think about it this way. Uh, the more chocolate ice cream you eat, the more you want to eat. The more olive oil you drink, the less you want to drink it. <laughs> uh, it fat suppresses appetite. Mm-hmm. And that allows uh, you to have lesser caloric intake than with carbohydrate diet. And there have been studies that have done that. There have been studies that have taken uh, patients and volunteers into a a dietary unit for two or four weeks and uh, given them a high-fat diet uh, or uh, high-carbohydrate or low-fat diet and let them eat freely. Mm -hmm. And the the patients who are on the high-fat diet have smaller caloric consumption. The the second aspect is is that energetically, uh, the fat is more efficient uh, than uh, the carbohydrates. So for the same amount of calories, if you like, you are energetically more efficient. Mm-hmm. So we're working with, even though each meal may be more calories, overall calorie consumption per day is going to be less on a higher fat diet because of the role of fat related to satiety. Yes, yes and no. Okay. Each meal does not have to have more calories. Gotcha. The satiety is <clears throat> the critical point. Mm-hmm. If I eat 100, if, if I eat 250 calories from fat, I will be much more sated than if I eat it from carbohydrates. I'll give you a real example. I'm sort of practicing a little bit of what I preach. So mm-hmm. this morning for breakfast, I had mascarpone with strawberries and a couple of nuts. The total caloric intake of, uh, intake of that was about 300 calories. That will keep me going for, for several hours. If instead of that, I had had that ice cream at 300 calories, I would have been back for a second helping within, uh, within an hour or two. Mm-hmm. So the satiety 
for the same number of, number of calories is the critical component. Yeah, definitely. Let's take a break, Dr. Right. Klein. And when we come back, let's talk about exactly how we're applying the ketogenic diet that you've developed for diabetes, how it breaks down, what it looks like, um, and how it's actually getting results for people. Okay. So uh, this is Dr. Kevin Pacero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, and we're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Solgar number seven. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't handle? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula for you, or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. We invite you to talk with one of our compounding specialists today. Our team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths, offering customized products and personalized healthy living plans to ensure your well-being. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember, Cognisure for healthy brain aging support available through your healthcare professional and village green apothecary have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months one theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure our bodies don't make enough vitamin d which is essential to proper immune function that's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin d thorn Research's vitamin d products are made from pure vitamin d with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added Support your immune system with Thorne's Vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we're having a really great discussion. I have a phenomenal in-studio guest today, Dr. Pavel Klein. He is the director of the Mid-Atlantic Epilepsy and Sleep Center. Um, he is a neurologist, was a former instructor at neurology at Harvard Medical School. He uh, was director of the epilepsy program, of the clinical neurophysiology laboratory, and of the neuroendocrine unit at Georgetown University Hospital. And he is running a center here in Bethesda, Maryland, specializing in the treatment of epilepsy and in diabetes, which is what we are discussing 
today. So, Dr. Klein, as I've said many times this morning, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. And thank you again. It's been a great pleasure. Thank sure. you. Sure. So you can learn more about his program for the treatment of diabetes and epilepsy by visiting anemomelifestyle.com. That's A-N-E-M-O-N-E, lifestyle.com. So, Dr. Klein, in the last segment, you really helped us understand a little bit more around the physiology of the ketogenic diet, which I think is an important barrier for people to break down because of the misconceptions that people have regarding caloric intake and actually how to um, you know, lose weight and using fat as a vehicle for that. So now let's talk about some of the practicality of it. Tell us what you're seeing in your clinic as far as results when it comes to the management of, of diabetes. And then let's talk about what the program looks like, the nuts and bolts. What does it actually look like for a patient who's decided that this is an option um, you know, that they want? And, and maybe we should talk about what kind of patients are, are coming to you. Are these patients that are on um, oral hypoglycemic medications, like common ones like metformin or on insulin, and they're diabetes is still not controlled, or are these patients who are uh, deciding that medications are not a great option for them and they're looking for other options? So these are all, I think, great questions for people to, to get the answers to. Thank you. Uh, so after we did the study with uh, epilepsy, uh, where we looked at the weight also and had that one patient with diabetes, uh, we decided to do a small study uh, of just diabetes. During the epilepsy study, we had patients hospitalized during the first four or five days, and we monitored their glucose for the first couple of days every two hours, uh, for, after that every six hours, because we were a little concerned about the possibility of hypoglycemia mm -hmm. when you restrict the carbohydrates. So during the ketogenic diet that we use, the carbohydrate rate restriction is 20 grams per day mm -hmm. uh, or less. That's pretty low. Can you give us an example of like what is something that contains 20 carb something average that somebody would eat that would contain 20 carbohydrates of 20 grams of carbohydrates a, an apple a couple slices of bread a bowl of oatmeal i mean uh a uh, teaspoonful of sugar yeah so it's very restricted yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh so uh, when we set up the study originally we'd planned to do a larger study mm -hmm. comparing patients who are treated with the diet plan uh to patients who are getting dietary counseling and to patients who are getting dietary counseling and pharma pharmacological treatment for obesity. And there's a number of medications that have been mm -hmm. approved for treatment of obesity, which have variable uh, efficacy. Uh, so we use the most common one of them, Olistat or Ali, uh, at that time. Uh, the study is small because it's self-funded, uh, and we ended up combining the groups of patients who got the counseling with the patients who got counseling and pharmacological treatment and compare them to the patients who got uh, the complete meal replacement with the ketogenic diet. And the results were striking. Uh, so there was weight loss on, in both groups, but it was uh, bigger in the ketogenic diet group mm -hmm. uh, where we had 17% BMI loss, uh, very similar to the epilepsy study. Uh, and more importantly, there was dramatic difference in the response of diabetes. Uh, in that study, and it's a small study, all the patients who went on the diet discontinued their medications with normalization of glucose parameters uh, within one to eight weeks. Uh, and those, uh, the, the patients who were on just the oral hypoglycemics did it earlier. Patients who were on both oral hypoglycemics and insulin did it uh, more slowly, but the longest was eight weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was dramatic. Uh, and we 
monitor their glucose level, their insulin level, their HbA1c levels, and uh, other parameters. And what's remarkable is that the glucose and the insulin levels drop very quickly mm-hmm. before the weight loss starts. Uh, so uh, in, the pa- in the epilepsy patients where we also were, that were hospitalized, where we also checked insulin level, the insulin level would normalize uh, within three days. Uh, so there is an immediate impact mm-hmm. uh, on the glucose metabolism, such as uh, you get lowering of glucose down to normal within usually days, and you have reduction of insulin level down to normal uh, within uh, uh, usually a week or two. Yeah, and these can be people with a pre-existing diabetes condition for 10 years. Correct, correct. In just several days, you're seeing normalization. Several days to uh, yep. up to eight weeks. So that allows you uh, to withdraw the medication quickly, mm-hmm. which of course is a great boon to the patients mm-hmm. who are thrilled about that. Yeah. Um, in order to have the results sustained, though, you do need to lose weight. So in type 2 diabetes, obesity is a critical component of the diabetes. Obesity results in this insulin resistance where the cells don't respond to insulin. The pancreas increases the production of insulin. You've got very high levels of insulin that are inefficient in, uh, in uh, helping with yes. glucose metabolism. And insulin itself leads to weight gain. So this very quick normalization of insulin level with the very low carbohydrate content uh, allows you to take away insulin and stop that vicious cycle of more insulin, uh, more insulin resistance, mm-hmm. more weight, uh, and reverse it. Uh, but for you to uh, for for the results to be sustained, the patient needs to lose weight. They start losing weight quickly. Uh, and, but and then sort of the weight loss uh, slows down mm-hmm. uh, and needs to be done over months. So the current program that we have is that the diet is eight months long, mm-hmm. uh, and if you interrupt the diet or if you discontinue it after maybe two or three months, there's a high likelihood, almost certainty, yep. that uh, you will go back on your medications that it will not be sustained. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you continue it for long enough to lose a significant uh, amount of body weight, and right now our target is eight months, uh, there is a very high likelihood uh, that the remission will be sustained. And the remission then means no medications, mm-hmm. normal glucose. Now, what do you do at the end of eight months? Uh, you, We help patients continue with that lifestyle, which is why anemone is called anemone lifestyle. Uh, so we have, uh, during the last couple of months of the program, the patients get hooked up with our nutritionist who counsels them on how to uh, how to continue with the ketogenic diet principles without the rigor of counting the calories, counting the carbs, just general principles of what kinds of foods will lead to ketogenic uh, diet and uh, ketones as a source of energy. Uh, And then patients uh, continue with their own Mm -hmm. cooking, uh, their own own, uh, supervision of uh, the diet, normal life with just the change of the dietary lifestyle from the carbohydrate heavy to carbohydrate poor. Right. Uh, so I imagine that, you know, in that eight months, there's got to be a degree of, of rigor associated with the diet to achieve the loss of the body mass index. That is correct. Once people lose the amount of weight that they need to lose, normalize their physiology, in order to maintain it, there needs to be a focus on carbohydrate intake, but nowhere near the rigor that was necessary during the actual treatment phase. That is correct. Yeah, so That's it absolutely be- correct. So it becomes a uh, very structured regimen 
to modify the physiology, achieve the desired results in that eight-month period of time, and then it becomes an education about lifestyle. That's correct. And how to maintain an optimal lifestyle afterwards to maintain those benefits. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we one of the things that we have not spoken about is exercise. We don't emphasize exercise because mm-hmm. the diet is self-effective. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, exercise is good, and uh, many patients, once they're on the diet, start uh, losing weight, feel actually more energetic, yeah, uh, and start exercising. Mm-hmm. There is a first week of the diet when that's not the case. During the first first week, maybe days two to five, days two to seven, sometimes patients may feel a little dizzy, a little weaker, a little foggier mm-hmm. uh, during that transition. And we have ways of helping during that transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I mean, most of the research that I've looked at regarding weight loss, nutrition is far more effective for weight loss than exercise. And uh, looking at it from a dietary perspective makes a lot of sense. Now, what you haven't talked about, and um, you know, we, your study looks specifically at insulin levels, glucose levels, and normalization of, of diabetes and body mass index. I am sure as you expand out your research, you can look at all the other comorbidities associated with diabetes. We're also talking normalization of cholesterol levels, normalization of blood pressure levels as people's weight loss, um, their body mass index improves. So many other health benefits associated with normalizing body mass index and reversing something like uh, high blood sugar sustain, which also is damaging to the cardiovascular system, damaging to the kidneys, damaging to the eyes. There's so many health benefits that come from from this process that you're not even hitting on because you don't have the hard data behind it, but we know will improve as people lose weight. That's right. We do have some data on the blood pressure and on the uh, lipids. Uh, we're concerned about potential side effects of mm-hmm. uh, any treatment, including dietary treatment. So we looked, in the, uh, we looked at that in both these studies. Blood pressure, uh, about half the patients who are hypertensive uh, reduce their hypertension and may be able to come off the antihypertensive. Mm-hmm. For that to be sustained, again, they have to Maintain continue the maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, for uh, lipids, uh, you have a mixed result or mix, mixed effect. Some patients' cholesterol does increase. In the epilepsy study, it's about a third of patients in whom uh, there, there was a significant increase, and overall there was about a 30% increase in cholesterol level on average. In the diabetes study, it was a little less, it's about 20%. So you may have increase in cholesterol, and in some patients, you may, during the eight months of the diet, have to either initiate or spur or uh, increase uh, anti-lipid medications. Mm-hmm. But with that, you also have very beneficial lipid, lipid effect. So you have very dramatic lowering of triglycerides, mm-hmm. which are bad fats, an increase in the high-density lipoprotein, which is good fat. Mm-hmm. What determines the cardiovascular uh, risk, the risk of heart attacks and strokes and so on, is the ratio of cholesterol to triglycerides and HDL. Or the, and that ratio remains constant or improves. So we have had some patients uh, that have had reduction of their lipid uh, adverse lipid, lipid profile to the degree when they discontinue the uh, the lipid medication, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. But a, you have to watch it because yeah. uh, it is a potential uh, it, it is a potential uh, issue. So yeah. well, we check the patient's lipids as we do uh, the treatment. Yeah, and you're looking at all their 
parameters of cardiovascular yeah. health in context. Yeah. So if lipids maybe have changed slightly, but blood pressure levels are coming down, we know that's beneficial for the cardiovascular right. system. We know that blood sugar elevations are very damaging to the, the endothelial lining, the blood vessels, and put people at high risk for heart disease. So, right. yeah. And in terms of other disease applications, mm -hmm. in addition to hypertension and uh, hyperlipidemia, uh, sleep apnea is a prime target mm -hmm. uh, because sleep apnea, again, in 89% uh, of uh, patients in the U.S. is due to uh, excess weight. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've had patients who've gone through the diet and been able to discontinue their standard treatment, namely uh, continuous positive air pressure. Potentially other uh, conditions, pre-diabetes is a very, uh, very important target mm -hmm. uh, because you can prevent diabetes with weight loss. That's been shown in very rigorous studies, number of studies, using pharmacological agents. And we have weight loss that's much greater than in those studies using pharmacologic mm -hmm. treatments. So I think prevention of diabetes is very important and very achievable. We think very achievable with the ketogenic diet. And then other things like polycystic ovarian syndrome, which mm -hmm. also is due to met metabolic uh, defects uh, mm -hmm. related to insulin. Yeah, it's really um, exciting, fascinating results. I mean, we have not reached the holy grail of pharmaceuticals for weight loss. If we did, we wouldn't have so many people that are overweight. That's and right. so it does seem for many people who look at the way our medical culture focuses on pharmaceuticals, it seems, I'm sure for a lot of people, almost a step back to look at diet. But what we're finding is when you look at the research, the diet and nutrition is the most effective way of reducing obesity. And we know that obesity is contributing to most of the chronic disease risk we see in the United States today. Number one killer of all Americans is heart disease, very much related to obesity. And then we have stroke and we have cancer and we have diabetes, you know, not far after all in the top five. You're right, you're right. Yeah. And one of the things that allows this diet to be sustained is the fact that the caloric reduction is not high. Mm -hmm. Because of the fat suppressive uh, effect on appetite, right. our diet is structured around 1,600 calories a day, right, which, which is, is 200 yeah. to 400 calorie de deficit per day, mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, the 900 yep. calories yep. diet uh, that uh, some programs have, or even 1,200 calorie diet per day diet that uh, other programs They're not sustainable. Have. They're not sustainable. Yep, I know. Uh, so, and combined with that is the fact that most patients on this diet do not have hunger. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so people feel good. Yeah. and they can enjoy the food that they eat, and they can get all the benefits. So when we come back from the break, Dr. Klein, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of the diet. What are people actually eating? This all sounds great, but what do they have to do? Do they have to eat bacon, mayonnaise, and salad three times a day? <laughs> I assume that that was because your example. You've developed things much better. So We, we have a great way of delivering bacon, uh, mayonnaise, and salad. <laughs> all right, so this is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after these words. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. 
Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. For over 10 years, Nordic Naturals has been the world leader in crafting omega-3 fish oils that are great for the body and for the planet. They work one-on-one with researchers and select fishermen to harvest only those fish species that are flourishing. With Nordic Naturals, you get all the benefits of omega-3, a strong heart, clear eyes, and flexible joints, plus the reassurance that their products are environmentally friendly. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit Nordic NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Want to save money on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other health care needs? Then visit Village Green Apothecary during their big summer sale. Now through July 16th, you can save big on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other nutritional products. Save 30% on their popular Top Quality Pathway brand. Save 25% on other supplements. And save 20% on body care products. At Village Green, they have just what you need for a healthier lifestyle. Stop by Village Green Apothecary's big summer sale, 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland, or shop online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Today, we're talking with Dr. Pavel Klein. He's the director of the Mid-Atlantic Epilepsy and Sleep Center. You can learn more about his breakthrough program for the treatment of epilepsy and diabetes by visiting www.anemilifestyle.com. So, Dr. Klein, in this segment, we'd like to get into the nuts and bolts, the practicality of actually what people are doing in regards to this program. We've talked about the efficacy and the clinical research behind it. How does it actually work? It is extremely simple. Uh, We prepare all the meals, uh, and the patients just get them and eat them. Uh, There are five meals a day, breakfast, morning snack, lunch, afternoon snack, dinner. They're all cooked meals, no bars. Uh, They're all made uh, from natural ingredients. Uh, the patients get the meal supplied usually one week at a time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's packaged and frozen, either shipped or patients pick it up at a central site. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get the meals home. They put them in the freezer the night before. They take them out of the freezer. They let them defreeze and then they consume them. The meals are very good. Uh, they're individually designed recipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, patients should not eat any other food. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should not drink any drinks with calories in them. And during the diet, they uh, should not drink alcohol either. Mm-hmm. So very simple. You either eat the meals that are delivered to you and nothing else, or else you know that you're not following the program. Gotcha. So it's very structured. So what are some examples of like a breakfast or a snack or a lunch? So breakfast, uh, maybe uh, an omelet with uh, mm-hmm. vegetables, uh, cream with uh, fruit and mm-hmm. nuts, uh, snacks are usually shakes, either sweet or savory, or soups. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have various kinds of soups. Uh, 
Uh, lunches uh, are often salads or pre- prepared dishes. But afternoons again are sh- afternoon snacks again are shakes or soups. Mm-hmm. And dinners are always full meals uh, consisting of meat, vegetables, and sauce. The okay. meats can be fish, chicken, mm-hmm. uh, beef, or pork. And people and can choose what meals they like based on their preferences. At the moment, no, because okay. each day each meal is configured to specific carbohydrate and fat content. Mm-hmm. Each day is configured to specific carbohydrate and fat content. But the, the each day is different for a twenty-one day cycle. Mm-hmm. So each each meal of each day is different for twenty-one day cycle, and then the, uh, the cycles repeat every twenty-one days. Oh, so it's a lot of variety. You're not so eating the same thing every day. It, exactly. Got exactly. away from it, the mayonnaise, exactly. eggs, and salad. <laughs> right. And it's uh, 1,600 calories, roughly? 1,600 calories a day. Uh, the weight loss uh, initially is fairly uh, remarkable, then mm-hmm. it slows down. But you can expect to, uh, if, if you did for uh, eight months, you can expect to lose uh, anywhere from uh, 50 to 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh and then invariably, people are going to have social events, dinners, right. weddings. What do you advise they do in those situations? So we give them instructions as to what they can eat. But mm-hmm. you, you can go to a restaurant and uh, order foods that are compatible with mm-hmm. the diet without breaking the diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we instruct so them Vacations, all of those things. You would coach people on what to do in those scenarios. And then, of course, they would get right back onto the structured plan as soon as they returned. Exactly. Okay. What else should we know about the program? Uh it's effective. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. For the diabetes, it is physician-supervised. So patients come for initial evaluation. They start the diet. They're seen, uh, they have medication suggested. They're seen back in one week's time. Uh, f- they keep a diary of their glucose levels, mm-hmm. blood glucose levels, and of their urine ketone uh, levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, one week later, we adjust the medications further. Uh, we see them back a, a, a week later again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so week one, week two. Uh, monitor their glucose, monitor their ketone levels, monitor their medication, change their medications, and then four weeks after the diet initiation, and then every four weeks. And that's really important because if people are lowering their blood sugar with these dietary effects and on a medication, especially like insulin that also lowers their blood sugar, you need to make sure that both of those things are being balanced because it's a dynamic process that's playing out and people can end up in trouble if they get too low blood sugar. That is right. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) for pre-diabetes, it's a little less rigorous. Mm -hmm. We see the patient a week after they initiate, then four weeks after, and then every four weeks also. We check blood levels of things like lipids and uh, other things every three months at baseline and then every three months. Insulin, mm-hmm. HbA1c, glucose, lipids, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. Okay. And exercise is not a prescribed portion of the program. Obviously, activity is encouraged, but really it focuses on these very well-crafted, specifically formulated meals. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And people can learn more about the program by visiting anemonelifestyle.com. Yes. And anemone, uh, which most people have a hard time pronouncing, yeah. uh, refers to flower. It can also uh, it also describes seaweed. Mm-hmm. In our case, it's uh, the name of a flower that grows in Shenandoah in April. Okay. So that's A-N-E-M-O-N-E lifestyle.com. They can learn about the program come to your office, make an appointment, initial evaluation, and get started, correct? Yes. And all people would need the physician supervision in order to access the meal the meal replacements and complete the program, correct? For diabetes, that is correct. For mm-hmm. pre-diabetes, that is also correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. And is this the same program that you would use for epilepsy? It is. It is. It okay. is exactly the same program. Great. Yeah. So for people dealing with epilepsy, pre-diabetes, and diabetes, this program is specifically formulated for that? Yes. Okay. Excellent. All right, Dr. Klein, anything else that we want to discuss today? No, I want to thank you for having me on the program. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah. And, and 
fun. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. All right, everybody, that wraps up the show for today. This is Dr. Kevin Passero wishing you all the best of health until next time. Take care. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside of the Beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists are here to advise you about creating your very own individualized healthy living plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, 5415 West Cedar Lane, or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com.